Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. October 22, 2013, Dean Kelly Morrison disappeared after leaving his job as a painter at the Stump Lake Ranch between Merritt and Kamloops, BC. He is a 44-year-old father of three who'd been living in a trailer on the ranch's property. Despite extensive search efforts, Morrison's disappearance remains a mystery to the family. It's alleged that the day Dean was let go from his job, he had an altercation with the ranch's foreman. Dean was reported missing on October 28th. Despite air and several ground searches, as well as hiring a private investigator, no concrete evidence has surfaced about what happened to Dean. His sister had given Dean a bottle of Ativan pills to help him cope with his personal stress he was going through, including his marriage breaking up. But the family doesn't believe Dean would have vanished willingly or have harmed himself. He told his mother before he disappeared that he would never leave his children behind. Dean's mother, Elizabeth, who I spoke to for this episode, told me that when the family first reported Dean missing, Both the ranch foreman and later the police tried to tell her that Dean had, in fact, committed suicide, despite having no physical evidence to prove this. The case at the time of recording this remains open. Please visit the Facebook page Missing Dean Kelly Morrison for more information. And if you have any information regarding Dean's disappearance, please contact the Kamloops RCMP at 250-314-1800. I obviously don't don't know a lot of these people that and these cases that I cover super well. So a good starting point for me is always having family tell me about their loved ones. And so, you know, I wanted to ask you, for those who don't know Dean or have never met him, you know, can you describe what he's like, personality, his physical traits, things that would stand out if someone was to meet him for the first time? Well, I, I did an article for the Merritt Herald, and I decided this time this for you know the 10 year anniversary that i wanted his kids voices heard 
And so I asked them each for a quote. And I, I think the, the quotes that the kids gave for the paper is what I, I wrote out to tell you about Dean. So to start with, um, Dean was five feet, six inches tall. He had dark blonde hair that bleached to blonde while he worked outside in the summer months. He was a very caring, loving person to all who knew him well. He was also very intelligent. When he was in grade four, he received the highest mark in the entire province that was given to all the kids in the province uh, from grade four to grade seven, and him being in the youngest age group, grade four, he, he uh, got the highest mark in reading and comprehension. He, he read all the time, and he, he knew a lot. He, he was extremely intelligent. He was also quiet uh, in many ways, but he was witty. Uh, he was witty in a quiet way, if you know what I mean. He wasn't ha-ha funny. His, his daughter, Edie, when I asked her about her dad, she said when she was six years old, that she asked him if she could get started in archery, and he bought her her first bow and arrow set. She said he would sit outside with her for hours while, while she practiced hitting the, the target he made for her, and she said, he always made me laugh. And then Annie was 11 when Dean went missing, and uh, Annie remembers how her dad would have them laughing with his made-up games, the cooking that would have the kitchen filled with delicious aromas, and the family hikes. She said, he always made everything entertaining and fun for us. Commemorate the 10 years since Dean went missing. His son, Paz, created a memorial post for his dad that's been erected on a mountain outside of Merritt. Paz said, what dad has given me is the curiosity to challenge the status quo, the will to write a new direction, and the inspiration to seek flavors, art, and the soul of the world. Dean was a natural cook. He could, uh, he could make anything taste good. The very first time he asked if he could uh, make a sauce, and I told him the base, he made the best sauce I'd ever tasted. I said, honey, how did you do that? He was very young, and he said, mom, I just smelled the spices. So Dean was a natural. And then when both of my children, uh, Dean and Michelle, Dean was nine and Michelle seven, on their own, one day I came home and the dinner was all ready for me and Michelle had done the laundry and they said that they were going to start doing the dinners all the time and all the housework. And when I said, you know, you guys don't have to do that, Dean said, Mom, you work so hard and we want to help you. And Dean, Dean ended up doing most of the cooking with my daughter being his sous chef, but she ended up being a great cook too. But anyway... Um, my kids were absolutely wonderful uh, children growing up, and right until they left home, uh, they did most of the cooking. That's incredible hearing those words from his kids and from you. Uh, like you said, Dean sounds like a, a wonderful person and a natural and, and very smart and talented. So one of the things I wanted, I was hoping you could do, I mean, I've driven through the Merritt and Kamloops area a few times, but I'd never heard of Stump Lake Ranch until I started reading about 
your son's disappearance. Um, that's that's the place that he was working, I believe, right before he went missing. Can can you just give us a bit of context on on what he was doing there and what his job was? Um, he was a painter. Uh, one of his jobs, he he had uh, various jobs over the years, but one of his painter, one of his jobs was as a painter. He was also a decorator. I mean, he he had a fantastic eye, and um, but at the ranch. He had just finished a job with Harry Lolly. He was the campaign manager for Harry Lolly, uh, MLA for, for Merritt, and Harry Lolly lost, and so Dean started working on the ranch in about June, and he'd been working there for about four months and, uh, and just, just working hard and, and doing his job as a painter, painting uh, cabins and stuff on the ranch. Right, and I'm assuming, like most ranches out in that region, it was a probably a big ranch on a big plot of land. Um, it's a very big working ranch, and he had been a painter off and on since uh, since he started. You know, when he was in uh, college and stuff, he started painting. So he often painted, even when he was the uh, editor for the Merritt Herald, he would still take painting jobs, and he was also a reporter for Merritt News. In, in Merritt for a while, and then he got a job as a, as the editor of the newspaper of the Merritt Herald. So he was very talented and very smart. But that summer, uh, or from June on, uh, he started the painting job again. He, he often did painting jobs. He was very talented. I mean, he was self-taught. So on the ranch, it was just a job in between jobs. He was working to do for the summer or the, for about four months, I think he started in June, and it was October, and he was just about finished. And then his last phone conversation to me was on October 18th, and he said he was he was finishing up uh, working at the ranch, and he was wondering what else he was going to do. But he was very distressed because three weeks before, his wife had told him that she's been seeing another man and that... Um, and she locked the doors on him and wouldn't let him come in and then took all his personal belongings and put them on the lawn of his sister's house. So October 18th was the last time I spoke to my son. And he was, he was very distressed and not sure what he was going to do um, simply because of his situation. And he wasn't allowed to see his children. But he still wanted to see them. And I suggested he go to Japan or anywhere just get out of the country for a while because he was so upset about marriage breakup and his very last words to me were mom i could never leave my kids and that was it uh four days later uh, michelle phoned and said dean didn't come back here and she had a call from that uh his job had been uh, his contract had been terminated and they'd had some kind of fight and then we never saw Dean again. So that day, the, the 22nd of October, 2013, it sounds like that's the day that Dean goes missing. There's a fight with his employer. He, he sounds like they terminated his contract, like you said. Do we know anything else? Did anyone see him go anywhere? Did he get in a car and drive away? Like, has there been no, any sense? No, there's, there's absolutely no evidence that Dean left the ranch that day. And when I went to the ranch... After he'd been missing, um, and I and I talked to, and I said, "Did you see Dan go?" And had made 
the phone call to the tow truck to get rid of Dean's truck and camper. And I said, um, did you see Dean leave? And he said, oh, he's probably up on that hill there. I believe he committed suicide. He's probably hanging from a rope. He, he was so callous and horrible. And um, so I asked him why, why he had made the calls for Dean when he terminated his, his job. And um, he said, oh, Dean was too embarrassed. Well, why would a person be too embarrassed to phone a tow truck? And he also phoned Michelle, his sister, to ask if he could bring the truck there, truck and camper, and she said no, and then he phoned one of Dean's friends, so he had a, a, a number. He had those numbers there uh, for Dean, obviously. I don't believe Dean was even there at that time. I think he was dead. I believe uh, they had a fight, and for him to just tell me he's... He committed suicide. He's basically telling me, your son is dead. You're not going to find him. He's probably up that mountain up there. So I asked, okay, if, if, if he committed suicide or he's dead, where's his remains? And he just kept pointing up to the mountain. And so I said, well, then can I have his last paycheck? Did you give him his last paycheck? And he said, no, he didn't. So he said he would mail it to me. And so he took my information. And um, he mailed me Dean's last paycheck. So that told me that Dean never left the ranch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's that, the, the person you're talking to, that's Dean's employer or the owner of the ranch? Uh, that's not the owner of the ranch. That was the foreman, the, the person that dealt with the ranch hands. There was nobody else that day to talk to. And then when I went to the RCMP and was asking them about Dean, they told me the same story. They said the first RCMP officers I spoke to about Dean, they said Dean committed suicide. And then the subsequent looking into things, there was no file on Dean and no records of anything being said. A quick important note before we get back to the interview with Elizabeth, I did reach out to the Kamloops RCMP for a comment on Dean's case. I asked the RCMP if they wanted to respond to some of the comments Elizabeth had made, including the one where an officer claimed that Dean had committed suicide without any physical evidence. This is the statement I got from them. Quote, The investigation is still active and ongoing. We have made appeals for information and continue to work to find answers related to Dean's disappearance. 
They also mentioned at the end of their statement that if you do have any information about Dean's disappearance, you should call the Kamloops Rural RCMP Detachment at 250-314-1800. The number's also at the beginning and the end of this podcast. Now back to the interview. That's that's baffling to me. So you call the RCMP and they tell to you... To see them, I went right to the office. Or sorry, you, you go in person to them and they tell you that Dean's killed himself or harmed himself and yet there's no proof of that like did they search the the stump lake ranch like did they actually go to the property and look for him um well apparently a helicopter went overhead once i asked for dogs i i phoned and asked that uh dogs be used to search for dean and i had piece of clothing from my daughter that was at her place that they could use and they said, no, they couldn't afford to, to hire dogs, but there was a helicopter in the area coming from another search, so it would fly over and see if Dean was there anywhere around. But uh, no, nobody took it personally, and um, the fact that the RCMP officer, when I very first went up to Merritt to find out what happened to my son, when the officer just said very callously as well, um, I believe he committed suicide. I said, but where's his body? Where's the remains? You can't just say that. So then there was a search on November 16th. I don't know if any officers were there. By that time, I left the Merritt area because I was exhausted and I had been putting posters around everywhere. And I and I went everywhere in town asking if anybody had seen Dean. And there was, in a hotel, there was, uh, they had a camera so I could watch to see if he'd come in into uh, the hotel at any time. And he hadn't. And I, I asked everybody along that stretch of the road, because everybody knew my son. I asked in all the businesses, I asked people along the way. A few people thought they had seen him. And then the RCMP did check into that. And then after that, nobody was telling me Dean committed suicide anymore. So I don't know why the officers first told me the same thing said, that he committed suicide. And why would you repeat that to the mother? So then I said, I want you to take a statement from me about my son. And he said... Um, Oh, you're his mother, you're just going to be biased. So then I found out a few years later that there was no file on Dean at all and there were no statements from anybody. An officer was finally given this file. It kept going to different offices, but nobody even opened it, I guess. I sent lots of letters, but when uh, this particular officer got it, he said there was nothing in the file, so even all my letters were gone. But I even sent letters to Ottawa. I even sent one to the Queen in England. Anyway, they just had no file on them. So I don't know if they kept the file uh, when uh, the officer took, interviewed me and quite a few other people. And also John Colburn, he was from the uh, province, the Vancouver province. He, he called me. And he did an article on Dean in uh, March 2016. Dennis was um, a private detective, and he read the article that John Colburn had written. 
and he phoned and he he offered um, to take on on the job as investigator with just uh, just charging for expenses, but but not for any hourly fee or anything for he or his uh, partners. So they did an investigation. BCSI uh, Dennis Gagnon he did an investigation, and when he investigated the foreman put in um, a complaint against Dennis to the RCMP because they said he was too aggressive. Dennis did not get a good feeling from the investigation at all, and and he believed that uh, someone on the ranch knew what happened to Dean, and they just weren't talking, and nobody was mentioning suicide again. That was never mentioned again, but it was at the very beginning. Finally, an officer that got Dean's file realized there was nothing in it, and he said he needed to do an investigation, so he started doing interviews, and I went up to Kamloops at that time. But for some reason, I have notes on everything from 2013 to uh, 2016, and then I stopped writing everything down. So I don't exactly remember... um, when that officer, but it was, it was, you know, years later, he found nothing in Dean's file. He said, there was no interview. And he said, why weren't you interviewed? I said, well, I told him what that first officer had said. He said, I would be biased. But I said, didn't they interview anybody else? What about this interview? Isn't it there? Because he told, he told the officers that Dean had committed suicide. That should be there. He said, no, no, there's nothing there. So then when he got the case, that was his first name, the guy who actually, the officer who actually had me come up to Kamloops and uh, he talked to my two friends and to me, and I don't know if he managed to get a hold of it or not. And the private investigator talked to everybody, but I had a file number right from the beginning. So they had a number that they kept passing the file on, but there was apparently by the time it got to me, there was nothing in it. So I don't know what happened to my letters. Can I ask you a question? Like when, when you had this private investigator and they were investigating, it sounds like the ranch, did you learn anything about the people who run the ranch, the foreman, like anything? And I, I mean, we don't have to use names. Let's, let's not do that. But and just in general, did you learn anything? Like did this private investigator get a sense that maybe there was some shady activity happening at the ranch? Like I'm just curious. Well, that's if- what I'm saying. He put in a complaint against Dennis, who was the private investigator, because he was pushing him so hard. So, yes, Dennis felt something was being hidden and there was something to be investigated here. But then uh, the RCMP didn't like Dennis the way he was pushing there. So what do you do? So, um, But he didn't tell me anything concrete, and I can't speak for Dennis. I've um, covered a a couple of other cases where um, that was the first instinct of the officers or investigators involved is to declare a death a suicide when it clearly wasn't. And it's baffling to me how they could in this instance without even a body like that. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a really unfortunate it's a red flag. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good way of putting it. It's, it's a red flag. And then just having the fact that there was allegedly a confrontation at the ranch between Dean and this foreman, that's something that obviously as an investigator, you would think that would be a good starting point um, to look into and, yeah. and go from there. I was going to ask you about theories, but I don't think we need to 
to even delve into that. Like, it sounds like something probably or most likely occurred on that ranch and that ranch kind of holds the key to your son's disappearance, right? Exactly. I believe they do. And I believe, see, my son would never leave his children. His very last words to me, I mean, it, it was odd that his, his, the job was going to be up in a couple of weeks. Anyway, Dean was almost finished and he was looking to what, what he was going to do next. But now he's out of the family home and doesn't have contact with his children, but still wants to stay close enough to them so he can see them. So he definitely didn't want to leave the country. So um, his last words to me were, you know, I can never leave my kids. So nothing that happened on the ranch would have Dean leave his children or me. He traveled. He, he traveled um, for a whole year, and he kept in close contact with me always. At, you know, when he graduated, he, he worked hard for Olivieri's while he was in grade 11 and 12 and uh, saved his money and traveled for a whole year and did odd jobs for that year as well. And he went to India and trekked and did all kinds of things. And um, he always called home. And I, I don't think he would be too embarrassed. And I don't think he would be too embarrassed to call tow truck drivers or his sister because he lost a job. Yeah, I wanted to uh, clarify that. So he his car was towed from the ranch or his truck or whatever vehicle he had? He had a truck and camper, a small camper that he lived. He lived on the ranch uh, for like days at a time, and then he would go to his sister's. At first, for the first few months, he was going home to his home in Merritt with his wife. But the last three weeks of that about four-month stint, he was living with his sister uh, on his days off. So he couldn't get, and his, and his truck hadn't been running for a bit. So a few times he'd had to get picked up or hitchhike to my, to my daughter, Michelle's. But that morning he was trying to get his truck started and it never, it, he never got it started. And then they, they got called the tow truck and they took, the tow truck and the trailer to my daughter's place. But Dean was nowhere around. And he never took his wallet. He never took any of his personal belongings, his Swiss army knife, nothing. It, everything uh, was there. In the trailer. Yeah. Every, he, he never took anything. For me, what I'm trying to do now and what I've been trying to do is uh, get Dean declared deceased. And that's why the kids just recently had a memorial for their dad up in Merritt. You probably saw the pictures on the Facebook I did. that I posted of uh, the memorial post that Paz made for Dean. He created it and made it himself. Um, so we all believe Dean is gone and, and we just want to move on now. Is there anything that people listening, the public can do to, to help you? Or is, like you said at this point, is it just a matter of trying to, to, to move on? It, it's just, I, I, unless somebody on the ranch comes forward, I mean, there's been a billboard up. The Patterson Group put a beautiful, huge billboard up just outside 
on a highway on the way to Jasper, a huge billboard with Dean's picture and everything on it. I mean, anybody in that area who knows something, if they haven't talked in 10 years, I don't know what's going to make them talk. So I don't see any any point in continuing uh, to have posters and billboards and articles in the newspaper anymore. Ten years is enough. I want to thank Elizabeth for coming on the show to talk about Dean. If you want to know more information about the case, please visit the Facebook page, Missing Dean Kelly Morrison. If you have any information regarding what happened to Dean, you should report it to the Kamloops RCMP at 250-314-1800. I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, you can check out a couple links in the show notes. There's a link to buy me a coffee where you can support the podcast with a one-time donation. There's also a link to the Patreon, which gives you early and ad-free episodes for five bucks a month. The podcast is also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, although I primarily post to Facebook. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.